this episode, we'll be learning about the bright side of failure and rejection from our guest, who is an educator, TEDx speaker, and author of a book entitled The Perfect Rejection Resume. He was named a Forbes Under 30 Scholar at age 23 and earned a doctorate while teaching at an Ivy League Institute at 24. Welcome to the show, Eli. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Toby. Thank you so much for the warm welcome and, and interjecting as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for joining me on this episode for a soulful conversation about failure and rejection. <laughs> I mean, it's so awesome. It's so awesome, your, your perspective and the way you talk about it in your book, especially. And, you know, and while reading about it, you, you are not a stranger to rejection. I know you're a stranger to failure. But if one does not read your book or know your background story, one would think, oh, I mean, he's a very successful man. I mean, he was on Forbes at age 23, got his doctorate at age 24. What does he know about failure, basically? So I would just love you to, you know, um, tell us a little bit about your life story so far, your life journey so far, and your experience with failure so that people can understand that you've achieved so much, but you've still, you know, experienced failure. It's interesting enough that you know you notice that, um, you know, some people would say, hey, you know, it must be so easy for you to say, you must have a silver spoon. And that was exactly my response to those comments because I, I got those comments when I was getting featured on Forbes magazine. I was, I, was, I was getting featured on Forbes and I was getting featured on different publications. And I would see the comments saying it, it must be so easy for him to talk about his success and his, his accomplishments. But I'm pretty sure he, he didn't he didn't um, he didn't have any type of adversity in his life. Or he had a silver spoon. Everything was handed to him, and he probably was a trust fund baby. And you know, everyone. Yeah. So I, I I hear that all the time. So I wrote that the the perfect rejection resume as a response, saying I've failed so many times. I failed more times than you think. But here's how I've I've turned my failures into you know a more so of a a mechanism for me to push forward and push and push through. Um. So as you may know. I got my doctorate when I was 24. I started teaching at, at university when I was just 23 years old, 22 or 23 years old. And I ended up teaching at Columbia University when I was 24 prior to obtaining my doctorate. Now I'm teaching at NYU and Columbia. I'm also, you know, doing a, a ton of other things as well. I'm writing for different publications, but um, the road wasn't easy. The road was easy. And I was, and it's funny because the same schools that I teach at, I was rejected. Yeah. I was rejected from those. <laughs> I was not cool enough to be a student at those universities, but the team has all cool uh, enough to be a professor here or instructor at these universities yeah. as well. So um, the overarching theme, the overarching model throughout the, the book itself and throughout the story of rejection is you can't hold grudges. You can't hold grudges. And I always like to say time is the biggest competition. In fact, that was my latest, that was mm-hmm. my latest TED Talk. I did a TED Talk um, on September 2nd called Time is Your Biggest Competition. And I'm always competing against time. Um, people think that they're in competition with themselves or they're in competition with others. No, you're in competition mm-hmm. with time. And, you know, the sooner yeah. you can get things done, the better it is for you to move on to the next goal and the next obstacle in life. And that's basically the, yeah. the, the overarching theme of my book and, and my story as well. Yes, yes, that's so wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, <laughs> I just want to know, I just want to know, like, you know, whenever you go to teach in, at Columbia, for example, do you tell them, oh, look at me now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I was not cool enough to be a student back then, but look at me, I'm now a professor. What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because I, I don't say it while I'm, while I'm lecturing because, you know, the students I have, the students are, are just here to learn. But when I'm walking on campus, I'm like, you know, I, I always wanted to be a student here, whether it's an undergraduate student or a graduate student. I always wanted to be a student there, and you guys didn't take me. But, I mean, I'm glad you guys had me here as a faculty because I'm on the other side. I'm on the other side, and I always believe that, um, you know, tables will always turn. Tables will always turn. It's not only at Columbia. It's at NYU as well because I applied to NYU, and I got rejected. I got rejected at NYU, and here I am teaching at NYU, and I'm having a blast. So, um, you know, once again, you, I, I don't want to hold grudges, but at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm like, you guys rejected me before. And <laughs> you guys, let's tread lightly here. You rejected me before yeah. in the past, but I don't, I don't mm-hmm. wag the finger. But at the same time, I embrace that. I embrace the whole, the whole entire story 
the failure to success mm. story. I love it. I love I love the comeback story. And that's what everyone loves. Everyone yes. loves that comeback story as well. Yes, and one thing I also love about this I want to share so far is that you're not holding any grudges, yeah. like you said. Like you don't want any, no malice, no grudges, no, 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 you know, no bad energy here. Just let you you learn from it. It was a failure. You learn from it, and now you become successful. Yes, yeah. and you then you yeah, move you on. Just move on. Yeah. Just move on, and don't and I and but people. The reason why people like to like they put their failures under the rug and they they shove it under the rug. They don't like to talk about failure because they it's it's a reminder to them. Right. And in this talk, right, when, when we talk about this, this podcast, right, the theme of this podcast, the mirror talk, you're basically when you look at your, your rejection, you're basically holding a mirror in front of you saying you have failed. You are not perfect. Right. But it's OK. You're not perfect. But what are you going to do about it? Are you going to sit here and and reflect and, 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 and say, man, I wasn't good enough to be at this this um, institution or this organization. I didn't have my dream job or I didn't have this opportunity. Um, what am I going to do about it? Am I just going? I'm going to avoid talking about it? No, you ha- you have to talk about it. You have to share it, and that way it's it's more it's more so therapeutic as well. And at the same time, look where you are today. You're successful now, so you don't have to worry about that. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And it's good you're talking about you know your failure also, and you also documented it in your book. So like you explained it all to us. Um, but sometimes whenever I think about maybe some failures, maybe not about not from NYU or Columbia, for example, you no, know, we have this maybe little bit of sadness or trauma or some, you know, we just feel that disappointment again. How are you able to deal with some of these um, feelings or emotions you, that come with remembering your failures in the past? You always, you, I, I embrace it with this model. And this is the model that I shared in the book that um, I'm not sure if I said this before, but I'll say this now. Rent is due every day. Rent is due every single day. And when we're paying our rent, we have a landlord, right? And like, we really have a landlord and we have, we have someone to pay rent to. But when we talk about rent being due every day for ourselves, the rent is our goal. The rent is the, the outcome. That's the rent. And you're paying off rent. The currency that you're paying off every single day is your effort, is your time. So there will be ups and downs, right? There will be ups and downs. Um, and there, there will not be a straight, narrow path to your success. So when you feel down a little bit, you don't feel like some days, some days you don't feel like waking up, you know, and, and doing what you have to do. But just realize at the back of your mind that if you put forth the effort, that's the most you can do. Just take care of what you can take care of. Right. And and whatever, whatever you can't if you can't control everything, it's totally fine. Just take care of what you can control and you can control your attitude, whether you're feeling a little sad you can still have a positive attitude despite the fact that you're sad. Or, you know, you feel you feel down, you still have a positive attitude, that optimism, that energy saying, you know what, I can still I can still accomplish something, albeit feeling this way. Whether, you know, I feel like my car is not working today, or I feel like, you know, my, my family members are not are, are, are feeling sick. And it, just like recently, it's funny because my brother, my older brother, my, my, my biological older brother passed away. He passed away last on August 4th. Last month, he passed away. And it's like, wow, like you, it's hard for me to get over that. But at the same time, I always remind myself that every single day, okay, you know what? My brother passed. There's nothing much I can, I can do. All I can do is just have this positive attitude, even if I, I feel sad sometimes and, you know, and, and it's, it's, I feel I, I don't feel like I can I can do it. I have this positive attitude and I can push for it. That's basically how I. I can oh, yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm so sorry about that. Oh, my, my. And I, I appreciate the condolences, but at the same time, what can we do? Yeah. What can we I can't just sit in the corner yeah. all day. I can't just cancel everything that I have planned. I can't cancel the TED Talks. I can't cancel the, the, the lectures or my semester. I can't cancel the work that I have to do every single day. Life goes on. And, um, you know, I, I deal with it every single day. I think about my brother every, all the time. But at the same time, I can't just stop everything I'm doing. I have to push forward. Oh, that's good. You're a very strong person. <laughs> that's Thank good. You. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you what you just talked about right now, you know, about... um. Um, you know, rent is due every day and becoming a rent maker. You talked about this in chapter yes. one of your book, and you, yeah, you, and you also talked about you know having that appreciation, that mindset of appreciation. Like from your from your situation right now and what you've experienced in the past, how do you wake up every day filled with motivation and appreciation, even with your situation right now too? 
I always have things to do. I, I always try to stay productive. Always try to stay productive. So every single day from Sunday to Sunday, I have something to do. I have, whether it's preparing for something, whether it's preparing for a conference, whether it's speaking to you, I always I try to book, I try to be overbooked because I was overlooked in the past. Mm. They overlooked me in the past. Now I'm overbooked to the point where every single day I'm doing something. Every single day I have to stay productive. So I wake up 5 a.m. in the morning. I go to sleep around midnight, 11 o'clock, midnight. So that way, right in between then, I'm working. There's no 9 to 5. There's no such thing as a 9 to 5 in my case because from the moment that I wake up until the moment that I, I, I lay my eyes to rest, I am working. I am working and not, not only working for myself, but working to provide an impact to others, motivating others and, and having that influence that's saying that, that, that will tell you, okay, you know what? You may not be good today, but you will be good one day. You are good today for, for what you got going on, but you will be good for your goals one day. And if you work towards it, then you'll be fine. And once again, it goes back to that notion that rent is due every single day. Time is your biggest competition. Don't focus on yourself. And I always tell people all the time, when, when people say this all the time, I'm in competition with myself. I'm competing against myself. And I like to disagree because you're only in competition with yourself when no one is watching. When no one is watching, when you're practicing, that's the only time that you're competing against yourself because you're trying to become better than you were yesterday. You're trying to be the best version of yourself. But when it really matters, when it matters and when you set a deadline to something, you are in competition against time. And how can we win this, this competition with, against time? Like now you said it and, and I, I think to my understanding, I believe that we have to do things in order to be effective, to ensure that we achieve our goals with time, basically with the time, limited time that we have. But how can we, are there like some tools, some strategies that we can, you know, put into place in order to win this competition against time? The number one, I think the, the most common thing that we need to do, a first step is setting a deadline. Once you set the deadline, you have that contract. You, you, sign, you sign a binding contract between you and your goals. Now, the deadline that you place, whether it's a week from now, whether it's a month from now, where if you're trying to become a millionaire within a year, there is a deadline that you have to put in place. And you also have to have different tools and strategies that, that, you, that must work in order for you to get to that point. But here's the thing here. Once you set that deadline, and you're in competition. There are some days while you're competing, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. Going back to the original question of how do you get over the, 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 bad, the bad moments, the, the, the little the, the bumps and bruises, you will get that. In that competition, when, when you're fighting, you will, get, you will get punched in the face. You will get, you will get bruised up. But it doesn't mean that you, you, know, you have to continue to fight on. As you are setting a deadline, right, two things can happen. Either you will, you, you will actually have that clutch factor where you're, you're clutching. Let's say you're playing a game, and when you're in a clutch moment, that's when the Yerkes Dotson law comes into effect where we operate at our best performance when we are at a moderate state of arousal. And we can't be too stressful, but at the same time, we can't be too lackadaisical. We have to be right in between. And as you're competing, as you're setting goals, setting small goals to get to that bigger milestone. And with that small goals, it's like, okay, you have a plan to, to do something huge in November or in December. But starting today, we're gonna we're gonna have a, a deadline next week. I plan on doing two TED Talks or I plan on doing two conference events or I plan on talking to 20 people. Um the next mo the, the next week I plan on um you know creating a slide deck or doing something productive. I plan on creating some content on social media um, to, to, to increase my brand. I plan on talking to a few public relations um, you know, people, trying to do something productive to get to that huge goal at, at the end of the year or at the end of the deadline. That's how you, get, that's how you productively and proactively attack your goals and, and win your competition against time. 
Yeah, so setting those deadlines, little milestones. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's very important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Eason is asking you, Alliance, saying, okay, you're you talking about setting goals, you're saying about deadlines, but I've, I've, you know, experienced so much failure in the past, so much rejection in the past. I don't even know what my purpose in life is anymore. How can we establish our purpose in life? Because I know that's the first step in chapter yeah. one or so we're talking about. But. So um, as far as establishing a purpose, you have a story. Your story will will cultivate a purpose. So you said, if anyone's saying, "Man, it's so nice to hear all of the optimism and all of the positive talk," yeah, it's great. But I haven't been lucky in the past, right? Lately, I've been, mm-hmm. I've been, I've been get, going through it. That's your beginning. That's where you you have to talk about it. That's it. That's your pivot. That's yeah. your pivot. That's your turning point. <laughs> Just knowing that you've been through a lot, you have a story. From that story, mm-hmm. you can inspire others. The first thing you have to do is talk about it. When you feel embarrassed, right? And, I, and this is another chapter that I have in the book. Pride is the devil. Shame is your angel. So when I say pride is the devil, when we feel prideful, we feel proud of ourselves. We're too good to talk to people, right? We don't have to talk about anyone. I'm, I'm an influencer. I have over a million dollars in the bank. I have millions of followers on social media. Who am I to... I don't, I don't care about what you got to say. That's, that's that devil talking inside of you because everything looks good. Everything looks nice. And, it's, and, I, and the perception is our reality here. But you know deep down inside what's real is you've gone through a lot. You have failed more times than you have succeeded. That's your beginning point. That's your point. And, when, and all you need is that first step. All you need for the first step is trying. Trying something new. Trying something different. Once you try something, you build that momentum. The momentum will will continue to build, and, and at the same time, you will have this domino effect, uh, effect of successive um, issues where you like you're, you're now you now you're on a roll. You're on fire. Now you feel like you're on top of the world. But that beginning part is that that story that we need that story to cultivate that purpose, and that's how we can get that momentum going. Yes, and from your explanation right now, I'm already getting the, the meaning of the get it done mentality. Like, that's what yeah. you're describing Just right get now. get it done. I mean, it's yeah. okay. You failed. <laughs> you failed. Right. And the thing is, it's funny because when, when, I, when I hear about people that failed, I tell people all the time, you would not be talking to me. For you, in your case, Toby, you would not be talking to me if I didn't go through failure as well. I have a book that came out recently, and it's like, it talks about each and every time I failed. If I didn't fail, I would not have a story to tell. Share your story. Share your story. This is why we have social media to connect with others. And it's an internetwork. We have to share with share our stories with us. You never know who's going through the same thing that you're going through. And that's your beginning. That's your start. Yes, yes. And from there we we get our purpose in life too and you know, shape it, form it in a way and run with it also. Yeah. You don't always have to create a purpose through your success. When people always people have a purpose because they failed too many times, or they failed so many times that now they can learn from their mistakes, and on top of that, they can share some insights from what they've learned and their and their lessons. You can't treat all of your losses as a, as a big loss, it, despite the fact that you've you tried, you tried, and you were not successful. Yeah, granted, yeah, I know it sucks, but it's okay. The first thing that you that that, that you've done, you you've accomplished more than you've that you that you thought you did because. You tried. Most people won't try. When people have a, fail, a fear of failure, people, people feel failure because, you know, they're afraid of that, that embarrassment and that shame, but they don't want to even want to try it. So when they, when they laugh at your pain, they laugh at your, at your um, mishaps and, and, and your missteps, they're laughing. But at the same time, once you ask them, why don't you try it? I want to learn from you. Why don't you try it? They won't, they won't try They go, you know, they will laugh, but they don't, they, yeah. don't want to, they don't want to say anything. They, they, <laughs> they don't want to try because they will fail too. So yeah, that's yeah, the beginning that's is true. just sharing your story because no one can share your story but you. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's very true. And and you, you shared it. You shared it in your book. I <laughs> think <laughs> when, when, when you're talking new new titles, uh, new titles coming in my head, like you know, going from being overlooked to yeah. overbooked or something like that. Like, uh, <laughs> you hear nice. it too because it makes sense. It yeah. makes sense from overlooked to overbooked. I always tell people yes, all the time: yes. you feel you 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 feel like a failure. Great. No one is talking about you. Great. That, that's the, you know, you feel that today. 
But one day, you will hear from these people again. You will hear from these people again in a positive way because they will turn back around and say, congratulations, I'm so proud of you. Even if you don't believe, yes. even if you don't believe them saying, I always knew you had, had you had this, right? You don't believe it. You don't believe it. But at the same time, you take it all in, you internalize it and you tell yourself, I believe mm-hmm. it. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. You may think that you, yes. you know, you, I had, I had it, what, I had what it takes all along, but I don't believe you because you, you, you rejected me in the past, but mm-hmm. I believe in myself and I appreciate you for, mm-hmm. for saying that you believed in me, but it starts within yourself. Yes, it starts within yourself. You have to believe in yes. yourself first, actually. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Because I mean, I've, I've had similar experiences before, especially with this podcast as an example. Like, I'm, we, we recently became two years um, and some, months, uh, some months ago. Oh, no thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and some, very, some, cl- some people that are close to me told me, um, I, I didn't believe you you go this far. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And, and it's okay. Yeah. That's all right. You know, it, it's okay. You, you didn't, you know... People don't believe that, but you believe it, Toby. You believe that you can get this far. And on top of that, exactly. the sky is the limit. And the sky, and you have to go beyond mm. the sky, beyond the atmosphere. Like the, the whole entire universe is yours for the taking. Um, and, and I always say this, um, you know, and I said this in the book. If you believe that it is possible to accomplish something that was supposed to be impossible, then it is also possible that nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Um, at the end of the day, you just have to you just have to go and continue to move on and and, and push through. Yes, keep on breaking yep. glass yep. ceilings and just keep on going higher. Exactly. Yes, and I'd love to go back to the, the title of your book. Um, we're not changing the title yet to um, overlooked or <laughs> been overbooked. We we are sticking with the um, the perfect rejection resume. So, um, how would you define this? How would you define a, a rejection resume? How is a perfect Great resume like? Question. Yeah. So, rejection resume. Let's start with the resume. We all know what a traditional resume looks like, right? A traditional resume that outlines our success and it outlines our accomplishments and our achievements that we we have accumulated through education, through experience, um, work experience, our skills. It lets lets people know whether they're recruiters or people in general. It lets people know about your story in a positive light. That's what a, re- a traditional resume is all about. A rejection resume is the complete opposite. Rejection resume is it's a, it's a document that outlines our failures our re- and our rejections throughout the years. And you may ask yourself, I know what's the purpose behind my traditional resume is. But what's, why should I even write, why should I even think about writing a rejection resume? It outlines my failures. I would say this, that rejection resume is not perfect. It's an imperfect document, but it's perfectly shaped your story. It's the, it's the reason why you have accomplished everything in your traditional resume. It's the complete opposite. And how you can use your, your rejection resume is, not only sharing, you know, the, the lessons that you've learned from the past, but at the same time, you're taking in the lessons and you can share it on social media because everyone loved that comeback story, going back to the original point. Everyone loved that comeback story. If you were to share your traditional resume, and I always tell people this, try this experiment. Try an experiment. Share your traditional resume. See how much impressions you get from sharing your traditional resume. And try sharing your rejection resume that outlines all of your, you know, your failures, whether you dropped out of school, whether you failed classes while you were in school, whether you, you didn't get your dream job at a great tech company or a great bank, or um, you know you filed bankruptcy, you've you've gone through so much. Share that re- share that resume, share that resume on LinkedIn, share that resume on Facebook or on Instagram on Twitter. You'll see the difference in impression. I'm pretty sure you would get much more impressions from your failure, your, 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 your rejection resume, in comparison to your traditional resume, because people gravitate towards that comeback story, that story of failures. They think, man, I, you know, I thought everything was so easy about you know what you've done. Everything came so easy, but we didn't realize the trials and tribulations that you have to endure in order for you to get to that point. I tell people all the time, even the, the listeners that are listening to this, this, this episode here, 
Try sharing your resume, your traditional resume. Sharing your, your accomplishment is one thing. But once you share the, the rejection resume, the, the, reject, the re- resume of failure, you realize it's a huge difference of people that are going to gravitate towards that story compared to the story of accomplishment. Yes, I believe that's very true because it's all people to feel, you know, relatable to it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah um, Eli has experienced this also. Oh, I didn't, I never knew that, you know, he has gone through this also. That means it also give them, gives them yeah. hope, basically. Like, yes, for him to have gone through this and become this, that means I have hope. I have the, I have the possibility to also achieve great yeah, things. It's, so. it's, yeah, also, yeah, if, if you can do it, Toby, I can do it as well. I'm trying to accomplish what you've, you've accomplished already. And if you can do it, then I think it's possible that I can do it as well. And, um, you know, I'm looking at the, the rejection resume and I feel like, man, that's it's demoralizing to, to hear that you've you've got rejected at this university. But, wow, if 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 you got rejected here and you still you still accomplish what you've accomplished today, then I, I feel optimistic that I can I can do well in the future as well. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to this. If you're enjoying great episodes like this, then you'll love my show as well. It's called Successful Solutions, and we talk about life-changing stories that save people's lives. Everything from one man weighing more than 400 pounds and losing over 200 pounds, and two stories, one of my own, about losing a personal loved one and the one type of therapy that actually works to help friends and family recover. All that, plus stories from educated doctors, millionaire earners, and car wreck survivors. Go ahead and visit iantolson.com to get my free ebook on habits, plus one of the best episodes on the podcast. That's I-A-N as in Nick, T as in Tom, O-L-S-O-N, iantolson.com. Excited to see you over there, my friends, and enjoy the rest of this episode. Cheers. And one question I had is off this topic, but it's still in your book. Um, you know, while going through the book, I saw that you have interludes in between each yes, chapter. Yes. And I wanted to know what was, what was the inspiration behind the interludes? Yeah. Like I was sending you some poems and yeah. some things, some, some so, write ups there. <laughs> so the interludes, um, and I always, that was actually an interesting part. The interludes, it features other people. It doesn't feature me. Um, it featured other people that I felt that were influencers as well. So it featured Dr. Janice Gassim, who also wrote the, um, she wrote the foreword to the book as well. And the interludes there, it, it basically serves as a reminder. It's a, it's a random reminder that, you know, it's okay. It's a, I, I think in the, in the interludes, I have disclosures. I have the dark horse. Um, I have different poems, different poems that remind you that it's okay to fail. And that's the that's the story, and I think I want it to be random and not only share within the interludes like the poems and everything, but share other people's re- resumes as well, the rejection resumes. Like there are there are rejection resumes of Jari Lee and Dr. Janice Gassim and Darren Roberts, who who he I think he is the originator of the term rejection resume. So I spoke to him and he he shared he shared a rejection resume, but I I wanted to expound on that and share his story. He's the one that, that, that um, provided the initial, the initial point. I didn't create the term. He did. So I, whatever I, I came, I'm basically expanding on that. And I'm sharing other people's rejection resumes as a point of reference. It's a proof of concept that states that these people accomplished. Rashad Lambert, he's, he's currently the senior vice president at Forbes. He cultivated and founded a, the Forbes the Culture platform. And it's a platform for diversity and inclusion as well. And he gone through so much. He failed in the past. And there's so many people that that you can think of that are great, you know, even the greatest influencers in the world that you can think of wherever you are. They failed as well. It's a reminder that they have failed. And I didn't want to I didn't want to center the story and the book behind me. It's just I wanted to share other people's um, past failures as well. So that, those were the interludes. It's interesting. It's random as well. But 
it provides it, it bridges the gap between not only the chapters, but it bridges the gap between the overarching story. Yes, I I loved it so much because it's it's basically for me it's, it's very it was very creative yeah. and it gives you like a little bit of break from your story into another person's life. Then next chapter continues like yeah, yeah okay it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's random <laughs> but it's it's and it's I think it's I think more authors should adapt the interludes, small interludes or short breaks in between, so that way it it takes the the thought off of like the story because. Talking about failure, I'm pretty sure if we talk about failure, it's, it gets dark. It gets dark and it gets traumatizing. So if you bring in some light, if you bring in a poem or something like that, it takes the mind away from, you know, just thinking about rejection, thinking about failure, thinking about the negativity that you have occurred in the past. Yes, that's very true. Wow. So for listeners out there who are already keen in and they're like, okay, trying to prepare their rejection resumes right now, can you like give us a guide on how to, you know, create a rejection resume that will guide us to build a tailored made, you know, successful career or wonderful career that we want? So I can give you a template. Like, so for example, you know what a a traditional resume looks like. It, It has a summary or an objective. It has a list of education, uh, the, the degrees that you've accomplished or the certificates that you've accomplished there. And you, you, know, should, mm. you have your skills. You have your work experience, the organization that you work with in the past. And um, you have mm. volunteering um, you know, opportunities that, you, that you've accomplished. You have the awards, the honors and the awards that you have won. That's your traditional resume. Yes. What a rejection resume mm. looks like, it's the same outline. Your summary, your objective, your education, your experience, your awards, and your honors, but it's the complete opposite as, as far as the content. So in your education section, I would like for you to think of the schools that rejected you in the past. I would like to think of the, the classes that you failed. I would like to think of the, um, you know, whether you dropped out of school. Um, you know, whether, even if you, want, if you want to say, if you want to think of the personal stuff, if your girlfriend broke up with you, you could th- you could talk about that as well within your within your education category. <laughs> when it comes to the work experience, <laughs> yeah. when it comes to the work experience, what firm or what organization rejected you in the past? Did you hmm. receive a negative remark during the interviewing process where the interviewer, the hiring manager, said that you know you have a great background, but there are other candidates that are better than you? Right. What did it, what did the, what did the, the hiring manager say to you that, that, that affected you the most when it comes to that experience? Have you ever been demoted before? Have you ever been laid off? Have you ever been fired or terminated from a job that you, you look forward to every day? Um, that's the negative aspect. Have you, um, lost a, a major, a major sponsor or, a major deal, have a major deal fell through or, you know, did you experience any failure at work? When it comes to the awards, the honors and awards, which organizations rejected you? I'm pretty sure there are scholarships that we, we always wanted to look forward to getting, but we didn't get them. Yes. We get those rejection resumes. Yeah. What were they? What were the, the organization that rejected you? So that those are like, those are different things or different items that you can put within your rejection resume. And it creates that story. It creates that story that also says, you know what, I've accomplished so much, but let me remind you guys that I came a long way. Yes, yes. And the question that's popping in my head right now is, um, can we allow our bosses or, you know, our, the HR personnel to see our ah, so, uh, rejection yeah, I get resume? that question all the time. I get that question all the time. Uh, the question that I get all the time is, should we even share our rejection resume with our resume? Now, the answer to that is no, not directly. So when you are applying for a job, please share your resume, your, your traditional resume. Please outline, yeah. please share your accomplishments. However, your managers, your hiring managers, and the people may also have, taps, have ties to you on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, on social media platforms, if you decide to share it, I, I always encourage people, share your rejection resume on LinkedIn. So your hiring manager may not see your rejection resume through the application queue, they may see your traditional resume, but they may look on LinkedIn and you may go viral because you shared your traditional your, your rejection resume. Once you share your rejection resume, you go viral and the hiring manager may say, oh, wow, so you've accomplished so much on this side. You share that, that, that story. 
but I didn't know you failed so many times to get here. It may give it may give that good impression to the hiring manager, but not only saying that you have a good impression, but you have a good social media presence. You're marketable. It shows that you're marketable. You have a brand. So it may also give the hiring managers an also an additional look saying, okay, you know what, you're not only you're not only skillful and you don't, you not only have what it takes to be in this organization, but you have something about you that's marketable. You have a brand, which can also help our organization as well. So the, to answer your question, you don't have to share it directly with the hiring managers, but you can share it indirectly because you're sharing it on LinkedIn and it's public. And it may go viral one day and they may see it one day and they may be inspired to share their story as well. Yes, yes, that's very true. Yeah, I mean, it shows that oh, this candidate is very um, you know, determined yeah. or is, 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 an, is an, not overachiever, but an achiever, basically, like you. You don't let, you don't, you know, you don't allow failure to pull you down or to, you know, and, and, yeah, and to set you back. you have resilience too. Like there's, there's a resilient factor about you. You're resilient mm. to the point where mm. um, even if you get, you get knocked down, you are able to get up. You are able to get up. Mm. Even if you got knocked down, even if you got punched in the face, you can take a punch and you can still fight back and you still mm. have the endurance to fight back. And it also brings up a, a yes. charisma about you. You're charismatic. And, mm. you know, we, we get that, you know, when we, when we interview for, for a job and they ask you, yeah. can you tell me a time when you've experienced any type of, um, you know, adversity in your job? That mm. rejection resume answers that question. You already have something to yes. focus on. You already have that answer. Um, or can you share some mm. strength and weaknesses? The strength can be your mm-hmm. traditional resume, but your weaknesses can be cultivated from your rejection resume as well. So not only can mm-hmm. the rejection resume can be it can be good for your brand, but you can also answer some of the questions that hiring managers may ask you in the future. Should if you know if if they are interested in the overall story of you as as a candidate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the fact that we're talking about you know um, you know applying for jobs and you know. Um, preparing our resumes and also our rejection resumes too um, because a chapter of your book talks about our dream job yeah. or dream job also so can, can you tell us what a dream, dream job means to you and how, why is it that it's always difficult for us to get our dream job and it's always very you may yeah, not you may dreamy, to, to, to be honest you may not like to answer this question so I <laughs> I I, re, I I I understand how people have dream jobs and dream occupations right I understand it but I truly believe that dream job is a myth. It's a myth. And you may ask, why is it a myth? Because your dreams are constantly changing. Five years ago, you may have a dream job or you may have a dream aspiration, but now you may have something different that is considered to be a dream. Your dream is constantly a moving target. Perfection, and, that, and that's why I also believe that perfection is a myth. When we think of dream, we think of something that's so perfect, something that's utopic or, you know, something that has no faults. But perfection is a myth. We're, we're taught that we, we need to, you know, have a 4.0 GPA so we can get that, that, that good grade and we can graduate and have this dream job and a high paying job. And it's unrealistic because we are constantly improving on our dreams. We constantly have new dreams and new goals and new objectives. Five years ago is not today. Ten years ago is not today. And today is not tomorrow as well. So what we think of as today as our dream job, it may not be the same dream job that we have tomorrow. So I believe that dream job is a myth. Now, if you believe that your dream job is, you're you're fixated on that dream job, then great. Understand that you have different objectives within that job and within that organization. There are different objectives that may change. So keep an open mind uh, on how to adapt and how to change with the environment and with the the culture as well. But I truly believe that dream jobs, it's a myth. We have to, and the thing is, and the reason why dream jobs is a myth, right? Because if we're dreaming, how are we actually waking up to actually accomplish our dreams if we're dreaming about it? And we can't just dream without, we we have to wake up at some point. At some point, we have to face the reality here. So at some point, we face the realities and we can accomplish our dreams if we're waking up and we're proactive about it. But dream jobs, in, in my opinion, is a myth. 
it's amazing yeah and I, I think you know we, we call them dream jobs because we believe okay in, with this kind of job i'll be so fulfilled i'll be successful i'll be you know so happy and all of that how can we still achieve all of these things without having a dream job we, how can we do it just understand that we can never yes. be satisfied with what we what's going on today understand we can never we never have a, <laughs> we never feel satisfied toby when, when you toby mm. when you reach that two-year milestone for your podcast Yes. Were you satisfied? Mm-hmm. And you say, "Man, I, I accomplished my dream. Man, we reached two million. Uh, uh, two two years. We're happy. I'm just gonna sit here, sit back, and relax." Was that your impression? No, no, you know, no, yeah, no, we no. have more. <laughs> yeah. So that dream, yeah, to do more this. to do. So that yeah. dream, the original dream that you yeah. had, it's no longer existing because you have more opportunities. You have more goals and True. more objectives, and it goes back to the, yes. the, the notion that. Every single day you have to accomplish something, right? Every single day rent is due. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't consider dreaming about paying rent, but that's that's how you proactively accomplish our goals. Um, and the thing is, we can accomplish your dream job if you're not focused on getting that dream job. There's some things that you know when 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 you least expect it, that's when it happens. If you have a dream job, you have an expectation for yourself and you will always be, you will not be satisfied unless you, you accomplish that. So if you don't think about something and it happens all of a sudden, you say, oh, wow, I, I always wanted to do that, but I never got the chance to get it. But I'm so happy I got this opportunity. That's also a calling where you do not focus on your dreams, but you're focused on the opportunity. Now, there is such thing as a dream opportunity rather than a dream job. Uh, opportunity is much different than a dream job itself i thought columbia university was my dream school that was my dream school i always say you know when back when i graduated in high school my dream school will be to attend columbia university that didn't happen so that dream school that dream job or that dream institution that i thought that i that i was was worthy to attend it didn't happen however Five to six years later, when I get that call saying, hey, we have an opportunity for you to teach at Columbia University, I stack on that opportunity. Yeah. I took that opportunity. <laughs> now, yeah. Columbia University, and by the way, <laughs> all of your opinions are my own. So if the Columbia students are listening to this conversation or even NYU students, <laughs> just know this is me speaking on behalf of me. <laughs> so when I, <laughs> I would like to make that disclaimer before I even um, continue here. But when I, when I, when yeah. I noticed that, um, you know, being at Columbia University as a student, that was my dream. But I never had Columbia University as an organization, as a dream job or a dream organization. Mm. I only had Columbia University as a dream school to attend and graduated it from. So that once again, that dream of of achieving that that school is it's it's a myth. It's a myth because the opportunity is what matters. That's what we strive for. Um, you may have you may have um, you know aspirations to accomplish or to to become a software engineer at let's say Facebook. That's your dream job, right? Mm-hmm. Your dream job is to become a software engineer at Facebook. But you may have another opportunity to, to become a software engineer at Instagram, which is a part of Facebook. Mm-hmm. Technically speaking, yes. that dream job of, of Facebook, is, it, it, it didn't realize, but you're working for an organization that's affiliated with Facebook as well. Um, so that's, you know, it's, it's it, that, that myth of, of accomplishing your dream job or uh, obtaining that dream job it's a myth, but at the same time, there is no mm-hmm. such thing as a myth as as far as the dream opportunity. Thanks for that clarification. I mean, it's just a different perspective yeah. to it, and it's yeah, it's very valid. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, wow, wow. Um, Eli, if you if you could reflect back, like look back at your experience as a college student and as a professional that you are right now, also, what what would you say are the like the most valuable lessons that you learned from? From the failures you've experienced and from the rejections in the past, the most valuable experience, the most valuable lesson that I learned is that it may not be your fault, but you have to mm. put blame on yourself. So, mm. why? There are some things that you can't control. Some things, once again, it goes back to the original notion: you can't control some things, and it's not your fault. It's not your fault mm. that you didn't you didn't obtain your 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 internship opportunity at your your dream your dream organization 
or you failed classes because you showed up late and you didn't study and because you didn't study because you had some things going on as personal. Those things are not your fault, but you must place the blame on yourself because if you are successful, I'm pretty sure you would like to take credit for your success and you would like to, you like to share your, your, your success with others. But if you fail, who's going to play? Who, who are you going to blame? Are you going to blame others or are you going to blame yourself? I think you should blame yourself because um, you didn't get the job done. Despite the fact that it was not your fault that you didn't get it done, but you have to place a full accountability on yourself because it's you at the end of the day that have to, that have to get it done. That's the, and it goes back when I was, when I was, when I was studying, I remember failing classes. I failed two classes. Believe it or not, I didn't get a 4.0 GPA. I did not obtain a 4.0 GPA. Um, I was facing academic probation after my second year of my undergraduate studies. And in order for me to, 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 to actually get out of that situation, my advisor, I remember my advisor telling me that the only way you can get out of here is, is you should graduate next year. You're, you are behind. Imagine being behind two full years and you're, and you're, you're being told that yeah. you need to get out of here by next year in order for you to graduate. Because oh, yeah, it, 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 what you think is impossible. But I ended up taking 10 classes in one semester. That's like two. Ooh, that's like yeah. a year in one semester. And then the following semester, yeah. I took 24 classes. So I, I ended up accomplishing that because I was told, mm. look, you, you, it's either you're going to get out of here and graduate early or you're not going to get out of here. You, you, you're going to kick you out of the institution. Um, so, mm. But it was not my fault. It was not my fault that I failed those classes. I was going through a lot back then. It was not my fault, but I had to place the blame on myself. And placing the blame, that's the, that's the original start. So I know I'll blame myself, but I am not going to blame myself for me to... to, 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 to Fell out of the institution. I need to get out of here with the with the degree in my hand, and that's basically it. That's my, that's my lesson here. Lesson here is that it's, yeah. it may not be your fault, but you know you have to place the blame on yourself. So if I'm understanding you rightly, um, if I put the blame on myself, it's going to give me that that push, that fire. It's going to you know start yeah. that fire in me, you know, to do what I have to do in order to get out of that situation. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you're gonna. Yeah, yeah if you place the blame mm. on yourself, now you now you, no one is placing the blame on you. It's not important if everyone is blaming you, and it, it, it is to a certain degree. But once you realize that you need to blame yourself for your failures, not anyone else. You're blaming yourself for your failures. It may not be your fault that you failed, but you're placing the blame on yourself. You realize, okay, you know what? Now it's, it's game time. It's game time. Now I need to perform at the best of my abilities because I don't want to keep blaming myself for losing. Yeah. So that's the thing. Yeah. That's true. So yeah. It's just a different yeah. mindset. It's a different perspective um, that we have to adapt to. So that way, you know, we can we can push forward and and realize that not and not only that that's that's one lesson to learn, but also understanding that direction is much more important than speed. Direction is much more important than speed in the sense that people always strive to be the first person or the youngest person to do this or the first person to become that. That's cool. That's that's great. But you have to realize that direction to get to that point is much more important than than than. And rushing to get to that point because people tend to rush and they tend to run fast and they're running in the wrong direction they you know and and that's not it's, it's counterproductive so understanding that you know direction is much more important than speed then you can increase your velocity and you and in physics velocity have a direction vector attached to it as well so um, understanding that direction is much more important than speed and the fact that you can place blame on yourself, despite the fact that it's not your, it's not your, it's not your fault. Those are the two lessons that you have to understand in order for you to prepare yourself to success and overcome failure. Yeah, mm, I love that so much. Like direction over speed. Like get your directions first, then, 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 then yeah, you can accelerate. Start. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. And also, you put the blame on yourself because you are the captain exactly. of your ship, yep, basically. Exactly. And anything that goes wrong it's is on, on you. Because yeah. if everything that goes right, I'm pretty sure you would want to feel proud of yourself. I'm proud because everything went right, and I'm happy because I did it. 
But if you didn't do it and you failed, you also have to place the blame on yourself to say, man, I didn't do it. And it's okay. I need to, I need to um, refocus and recalibrate my steps so that way I can accomplish the, the success that, I, that I, I, I deserve. Yes, yes. Of course, I mean, it sounds a bit strict, but it is very necessary for moving forward in yep, life. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Mm. And how do you draw, like, you know, inspiration and motivation from failure? Like something as dark as this, as, you know, as rejection. How do you then draw inspiration from that to become much more successful in life? And Just better? understanding that, um, you know, you tend to hear people all the time, especially like Michael Jordan, um, you know, how he missed so many times in order for, before he became the Michael Jordan that he is today. So, so many people fail. They fail so many times. And just understanding that you do not want to fail again. You don't want to fail doing the same thing twice. You have to, you have to learn your lesson because they say this, this term, right? Like it's, you're, if you're insane, you're, you're expecting the same results, trying to, trying to do the same thing over and over again. Um, and that's insanity. But here, just understanding that I failed. I don't want to experience this fail, this form of failure again. I need to get on the grind and, and get the ball rolling so that way I don't experience that failure. And understanding and embracing it too. Embracing the losses. Embracing the fact that you were not successful. In social media, I'm pretty sure if you if you read if you refresh anything on your on your Instagram feed, you will see the filters, the cars. The filters, the um, you know, all all of the the beautiful stuff that you see, and the the positive, the even if you look at my my Instagram feed, you'll see the TED talks and all of the business publications and everything here. You see the positive, but in my IG story, my Instagram story, you see all the progress, all the negative. You see why I be, I became who I am today. But understanding that that's a part of your story. Understanding this is a part of your story. And that's the only way you can overcome. That's the only way you can say, you know what? I'm going to embrace failure. I'm going to embrace this part. And I will not fail again. I'm going, and despite that, I'm telling myself I will not fail again. I know that I'm going to fail. But I'm telling myself I will not fail again. So that way you can, you can stay motivated. You stay motivated whether you win or lose. Yes, you stay motivated. I will not fail again. Yes, yes like. <laughs> Wow. So, uh, what's the best way to, to stay connected with you? You have a lot, you have TEDx talks that we could listen to. We have your book to buy, and we have other you know publications that are coming from you basically. So, what's the best way to stay connected with you and to so work with you? So, I tend to try to keep all of my social media handles the same. So, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, it's Doctor Eli Joseph with no with no periods or no underscores. It's D R E L I J O S E P H. That's for Instagram and and and, and Twitter. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn, Eli Joseph, E-L-I-J-O-S-E-P-H. Um, and it's the same for all the platforms, whether it's Clubhouse, TikTok, all of it. It's the same thing, D-R-E-L-I-J-O-S-E-P-H. And as far as the book goes, it's available on Amazon. It's also available on Barnes & Nobles and all the places that you get books as well. So um, that's how you can get in contact with me. And if you want, if you want my, my website is the same thing as well www.drelijoseph d-r-e-l-i-j-o-s-e-p-h it's the same thing so I try to keep everything the same oh that's awesome that makes yes. it easy for us to you know navigate yes. and to find exactly. you Eli. exactly yeah yeah Yes. Well, I, I really appreciate this conversation. Thank you so much. I learned so much from you. I, I could go on for <laughs> the next one hour <laughs> asking more questions, but I will encourage everyone to get the book and I'll place all of these links to your social media, to your website in the show notes of this episode. On your website also, there are information about, you know, the book and your TEDx talks also, which are very, very important for us to watch. Also, I'll place all of these links in the show notes and I encourage everyone to listen to them, get the book and, you know, connect with Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank I appreciate you so much. this conversation, Toby. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate appreciate it wow you made it to the very end of this episode thank you so much for listening i'm grateful for your time your love and your contributions subscribe like review and share this podcast god bless you bye, bye.